0: Hi, this is Clayton from Chicago, Illinois. And if I didn't spend so much time listening to better podcasts, I still wouldn't listen to I Doubt It With Dalmar. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. On this April 22nd, 2015, I almost forgot the year, episode 117 of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I am your host, Jesse Dolamore. and sitting across from me, Feeling a lot better is my lovely co-host, healthy co-host, Brittany Page.
1: Well, I wouldn't say a lot better, but definitely improved. Well,
0: why do you have to shit on my proclamation? I'm just trying to be a nice guy who stays positive about your health and your well-being.
1: Because I thought you were also someone who is realistic and reasonable and honest. Really? Yes, and you're lying.
0: You sit across from me now 117 times doing the show and you think I'm reasonable?
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice.
0: Now now who's realistic?
1: Yeah, yeah. Come sorry. on.
0: Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, as a matter of uh, housekeeping, because several episodes have gone by and I, I failed to, to drop the number. If you have anything to say about this program, this program, Brittany. Wow. It's a program. If you have anything to say about this program this broadcast that you disagree with or you agree with, I would encourage you to call 657-464-7609. That is our voicemail line. You can also leave a voice memo on your phone. Uh, you wouldn't leave it on your phone. You would email it from your phone to us at, at com. That is how we, we prefer that you communicate with us. You can also email us at that same address, which we will get to shortly. But before we do, Brittany, would you consider yourself a, an artsy person?
1: Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. I think that should also be apparent to anyone who knows me. My voice sounds terrible right now, well, by the still, way. You're still. It sounds it, worse you're than still before. Sick.
0: You're still in the. Okay, you want realism? You sound like shit. Yeah. You sound like you're gargling a bag of asphalt. It... Like it's gravel.
1: It sounds really squeaky. I feel... I almost don't want to talk. I feel like it's squeaking. Hey, fine by me. It's popping off. Fine by me. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, the reason I ask is because I described myself the other day as someone who's not very creative. And I was, oh, admonished. Oh, don't say that about yourself. You're very creative. Oh, you're creative. And I, I just... I don't think I'm creative. And then we got into a talk about art. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a time where you and I went to the Laguna Art Museum in Laguna Beach, California. And I did, listen, I don't want to come across like a dick. Although...
1: Come it, on, that's inevitable. It
0: does seem to be something that I'm good at.
1: Yeah, it just happens naturally.
0: But I remember walking around that place and there were many people standing in front of what could only be described as the tabletop of something they bought at IKEA.
1: Right, like a piece of IKEA furniture that has not yet been assembled, just like the flat top of a table.
0: Right, and they're standing in front of this like the top of a fucking coffee table. Just
1: leaned against the wall.
0: And they are Oh, it was that's right, it was just leaned against it wasn't right. even affixed to the goddamn no, wall. Just it was leaned. just yeah, just le- leaned up like a kitchen table leaned up against the wall. And that was the the installment. That was the art piece. And there were many people we sat and watched for probably 10 minutes as ca- scores of people walked by and they would pause and there were even people with notepads who would write their notes and like mm mm, mm.
1: Mm-hmm. oh i really connect mm. with this one i really oh, get this one i this this
0: artist's audacity is just oh <laughs> and I hate those people. I'm I would sit there vibes. with seething anger and hatred toward them because there's not a fucking chance. They s- they look at that tabletop, leaned up against the wall, and think it's artsy and that there's a message to be conveyed.
1: Okay. Well, getting that angry is probably excessive.
0: Listen, I get that angry about everything.
1: Okay. Also... <laughs> Probably excessive and a problem.
0: I get that angry when gas goes up like a a, a cent or two. Mm. So I guess I'm in a perpetual state of anger.
1: I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. It didn't make me angry. It was more entertaining because I think when you're in that environment, you you feel a need to kind of show off and impress other people when I think Mm. everyone in the situation is just fooling (sighs) themselves and trying to fool other people, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They want to portray themselves as being artsy, and they want people to view them as artsy, and everyone feels that way, so they just all walk around acting like they get everything. And I stand there, and I'm like, I don't get this piece of Ikea furniture leaning against this wall. Well,
0: I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a little older now and a little bit more secure in who I am that I don't think I have to pretend to be something I'm not. But it might also be that I don't want to be perceived as someone who thinks that a tabletop leaned up against the wall is something creative and awesome.
1: Well, maybe it was and I just don't get it. That's no, fine. There
0: is not a chance that that artist gave that any thought. Listen, I know artists. I, we should have, I know a guy who's a street artist. And his methods might be suspect, and it, you know some people might call it vandalism. And I think, in a sense, that it, it is. But that's part of his art. We should have him on Thrashbird
1: to discuss the IKEA furniture leaning up against well, the wall. You
0: well, know, I think he could might have a, a unique perspective on how the fuck that is art. Uh huh. I don't know, but maybe it's just my mind doesn't work that way, and maybe I'm thankful that my mind doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's... I don't know. I don't have as strong an opinion on it as you do.
0: I have a strong opinion about everything.
1: I, <laughs> I know that.
0: Speaking of strong opinions, Brittany Page,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and speaking of the email address, which is it at com, our loyal and faithful listener in Denmark, Alexander, wrote in uh, relative directly to our death penalty talk that we had. And listen... I don't always like to toot my own horn when I'm right. That's me. Tooting that, my own horn.
1: That was impressive.
0: Well, Alexander wrote in and backed up the fact that I was right.
1: Mm-hmm. Alexander writes, Hello, I heard in episode 116 that you wanted to hear the Scandinavian perspective on the death penalty. Just when I'm talking, all I can imagine is that people are hearing like a duck quack.
0: (laughs) Your voice? Yes. Okay. You don't sound like a duck quacking.
1: Okay. Jesse was right when he said (laughs) that no Scandinavian. Jesse, Jesse. Jesse. (laughs) that no Scandinavian country has the death penalty installed. My own country, Denmark, abolished the death penalty in 1930, but reinstated it in 1945 to execute the Nazi collaborators who had invaded our country. They abolished it again in 1950. Very few Danes support the death penalty. About 20% support the death penalty. And even in the far-right conservative Danish People's Party, death penalty only has 36% support. Wow! I do not support the death penalty since I do not believe that the judiciary ethics can be combined with the act of killing another human being. If you have a judiciary ethics that says that the reason why murder is wrong is because you should not kill another human being, then why is the same act done by the government? Alexander from Denmark.
0: <laughs> I see big things on the horizon for the young, and talented, and in in and, uh, and, and intelligent. Alexander from Denmark I really do I think if he's not planning to run for office or do something then you know he's wasting his fucking time and and talent and ability because he's a smart guy so that's it (laughs) I just wanted to share the email because one we like to acknowledge when listeners communicate with us but also you know anybody who says I'm right and backs up that I'm right We just got to get that on the record.
1: Right. Thanks a lot, Alexander. Do you (laughs) see what you've done?
0: Yeah, that's good. So as a matter of follow-up, a couple episodes ago, I think three or so, we talked about a judge in Orange County here in my backyard, uh, Mark Kelly, M. Mark Kelly. I don't know that I ever trust a guy whose first name is an initial,
1: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's probably safe.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Mark Kelly had a... A minimum sentence to to give out to a gentleman. A gentleman's a little loose, who anally raped his three-year-old half sister. And Mark Kelly, instead of giving the minimum twenty-five-year sentence, he gave a ten-year sentence. And his reason for doing so, he said. However, in looking at the facts of Mr. Rahano's case, the manner in which this offense was committed is not typical of a predatory violent brutal sodomy of a child case i don't i don't know how he sat on this case and didn't understand that mr rohano did not seek out or stalk the victim he was playing video games and she wandered into the garage he inexplicably became sexually aroused but did not appear to consciously intend to harm the victim when he sexually assaulted her right So Judge Kelly issued a wildly light sentence, and people in Orange County and across the globe have been outraged. One such outraged individual in Orange County is a gentleman by the name of Brian Scott, who joins us on the phone right now. How are you, Brian?
2: I'm okay. Thank you very much.
0: Listen, I I wanted to have you on because... Well, one, I want to support what you're doing here—the the the measure to recall the judge. Um, up until today, it sounded like the Orange County Board of Supervisors wasn't really very vocal. They didn't—they hadn't made a move, and then just a few hours ago, it, it appears that they have uh, come out and support your your recall efforts. Um, you know, there's a quote by—it's often misattributed to a guy named. Edmund Burke, and it says that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And I just want to thank you for being the person who doesn't just sit around and do nothing in the face of uh, such clear, clear evil.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that sentiment, and, and that's exactly where I'm coming from. You know, when I when I originally heard about this, I had actually read about it on a link on an email when I woke up. Uh, in the morning, you know, just did my kind of uh, routine, checked the uh, local headlines, Sure. and I saw this headline, and it really just threw me for a loop. I could not believe what I was re- reading, and I had, I honestly, I had to look into it. I, I believed in the greater good. I believed that there had to be more to this. This is a slanted story. Something was wrong. As I dug into the case, and more specifically into the judge, just using Google, nothing nothing more fancy than just good old-fashioned Google, um, I discovered that not only was this accurate reporting that this judge had seemingly violated the law in reducing the minimum mandatory sentence of 25 to life, and, and I want to be really clear. That's the minimum. He actually right. could have been sentenced more. He could have been sentenced to, to I think it's like 35 to life. So if the judge was so inclined to be lenient, then he could have just given him the minimum sentence. But instead he violated the law and he gave him a sentence of 10 years, which served at 85% and comes out to like eight years. So when I realized that that was true, I then realized that in 2010, there was a case, same judge's court where a California, California highway patrol lieutenant, in this judge's court for attempting to seduce and have sex with a 13-year-old girl online. Wow. And that this judge, once he was convicted of it, this judge sentenced him to one year in jail, which was essentially time served, five years probation, and, of course, the sex offender registry, which he doesn't have a choice. It's automatically a sex offender. But in his reasoning, he explained that he was a police officer and served the community, and that needed to count for something. Wow! As, as if to say, because he is a police officer, it's okay that he did something so repugnant, and we should give him a bit of a pass. Right. Whereas I think, I mean, just you folks said it yourself. Wow! It's the opposite. You wear a badge. You 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 know. You take an oath to serve and protect. I hold you to a higher standard.
0: So you're you know? you're from here in Orange County, right?
2: I work in Orange County but I live in a border city. So unfortunately, I can't be actually part of the actual vote to recall him, but I am the chairman of the recall committee.
0: Oh, okay. Well, good. But you've lived you've lived around this area and you're you're familiar with the political makeup of Orange County, I assume
2: very much so i've lived here all my life i i play in orange county my kids play in orange county i go to orange county beaches absolutely
0: for our many listeners who are outside of california and maybe even outside of the united states orange county where i sit right now where i speak into this microphone is a very conservative political politically area it is it is you know what i like to describe as very jesus-y it's it's a it's not a soft on crime like San Francisco, right. This is not normal behavior for a judge who's an elected official. And the the, the recall measure, um, I kind of want I, I want to find out exactly what the process, where you are in the process and going forward, what's going to happen. and also what what ramification the the Orange County Board of Supervisors, their I don't know proclamation or whatever they came out with today. How, how is that going to affect it? But what is the process for the recall?
2: Well, the process for the recall, and, and again, I want to be really clear. I didn't know any of this when I sat in my living room on my coffee table and said, you know, somebody needs to do something and, and figured out that, you know, we are a nation full of people that sit in their living rooms and think that something needs, somebody needs to do something. And then they go grab a Starbucks and, you know, hopes that somebody will.
0: Right, a lot of uh, there's a new term that that is talked about that's called slacktivism, where people just they tweet a hashtag and think they've done their part, and it's nice to see that you're not a slacktivist.
2: (laughs) No, not 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 at all. And and I'll tell you, um, this thing blew up just out of control. You know, I had no idea what I was doing when I did it, Um, and suddenly I'm being contacted by news reporters and media trying to find out how exactly I'm going to lead this recall effort. What am I going to do? I had no answers at the time. But luckily, I've had some professionals that have stepped up, and, and, and they've you know raised their hand and said they volunteered to help out. I have a um, um, public relations firm that specializes in, in political consulting called Venture Strategic, uh, run by Jeff Corliss. He's come forward to help us with the campaign part of it. I have a wonderful mother, uh, Orange County-based mother, who has uh, experience working with uh, congressmen. She's interned at the White House. She stepped forward to be the campaign manager. We have uh, uh, Chad Morgan, who is a a lawyer who focuses on election law. He stepped forward to help us with the legal of everything because everything is a very complicated step-by-step process. For sure. So essentially what has to happen is we have to – uh, notify the judge that we intend to recall him. The judge is going to have, I believe it's seven days, to respond to the Orange County Registrar on that recall uh, uh, item. Once we do that, we essentially have to petition the Registrar to allow for a recall. So, so uh, hang the
0: petition... on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but so he sure. has to respond to the the petition. Does that indicate that he there might be some kind of uh... – allowance for him to say well i don't accept the recall or is it just to to uh reply allowing you or letting everybody know yeah okay i received it i understand this is happening
2: you know it's it, it's his response to the intent to recall is what he's responding to okay and i do believe it's a matter of process i don't think he gets to say no i don't want to be recalled right. um <laughs> i i i, I It may allow. I mean, honestly, it may also allow for the registrar, you know, for the judge to go, look, this person was in my courtroom. This is obviously sour grapes. I can demonstrate this. The record shows this, you know, and maybe there's that way of filtering out some of the screwball people, you know. So I don't know if that's the case. I do know this, that with what we're doing, this is simply going to be a matter of process. Um, His response is not going to impede our efforts. Once he issues his response, uh, we are going to then do a small petition to request uh, permission to issue the recall. That's going to be approximately 50 signatures of Orange County voters. Once we turn that in and it's certified by the uh, registrar, then we have the right to start collecting signatures for the actual recall, of which we're going to need approximately around 150,000 signatures. You'll hear the number 90,000 plus that's uh, gonna be out there in the media. 90, 91,483, some odd number like that is the exact number of signatures we need. However, oh. you always wanna get a buffer zone because some people, it turns out that they're not registered anymore or they moved and they forgot to turn the registration from LA to Orange County sure. for whatever reason. So we're targeting 150,000 signatures 90,000 plus is what we need to get on the ballot. If we achieve that goal, which we have every bit of confidence that we will, the recall effort will go from a recall to a campaign. And that campaign will essentially be yes on the recall. And Vote yes on the recall.
0: And this is all if he doesn't resign in the meantime.
2: In, in, exactly. If he doesn't resign, then the recall will go forward. If he resigns, and he creates a vacuum, and in that vacuum uh an appointed uh judge and uh, our judge will be appointed by the governor
0: great that's awesome well, to be
2: honest with to be honest with you you know as much as i would love to save the taxpayers money on this you know uh judge m Mark kelly was an appointed uh judge back in 2010. um uh, we, we we feel strongly that perhaps that process didn't work out so well And he ran unopposed again in 2012, and that's how we're still stuck with this man. So we actually would like to see a vote of the people putting a judge in place, which is as it should be.
0: Yeah, well, I think it would definitely send a message to others who sit on the bench and feel that they can make ridiculous um, sentencing rulings with impunity. It, It would definitely send a message
2: that's our tagline, you know, on this whole thing for everybody that wants to get involved. This is at the bottom of the flyers that we're going to be handing out. And it simply says, tell all judges, there is no leniency for child rapists. Yeah. Period. I hope that every judge in every bench in the state of California and beyond sees what's happening here and realizes it's not judges discretion. We're targeting. It's not mandatory sentencing that we're trying to promote what we're saying is there can be no leniency for a man that rapes a child a toddler no.
0: right i listen for what it's worth for what my advice is worth i really hope that the language you're using now is the language that you use going forward because too often the word molestation or sexual assault or just pedophile is used and i think you really need to bring it home and say child rape because that's what it is it's not assault it's not molestation it's rape it's a serious brutal offense that is going to change that little girl's life forever
2: you you know you hit the nail on the head and this is why I'm involved in this you know um, I am still at the the, the head of, of this process and I intend to stay here and I'll give you a perfect example as to why you know public relations firms are fantastic we we, we love having people that know how to talk to the public and I think sometimes they're just so used to being able to do so in a way that's kind to our eyes and to our ears. I had to step up today and and, and make sure that when we issued some information out on this that we referred to him not as a quote-unquote predator or child molester, but as a child rapist. That is what he is. And he didn't molest his three-year-old relative. He sodomized her. Right. And I think that anybody, including Kevin Rohano Nieto or Nieto Rohano, however you pronounce his name, anybody has to have the basic understanding of human anatomy to understand that the rear end of a three-year-old toddler if you force something into that you are going to be cause brutal violent damage which he did this is how he got caught and for the judge to dismiss this as a non-brutal act that it, it's not typical of child sodomy i have a really important question i would just love for judge keller to answer one day what's a typical child sodomy like
0: no kidding yeah
2: you know How can you define it in those terms in in any way? I mean, you know, you mentioned the resolution from the Orange County Supervisors, and I want to say there was never a question that the supervisors supported this process. Uh, Three of the five supervisors stood behind me on April 9th when we issued the press release saying that we were going forward with this. Um, And they stood stood by me in complete solidarity. And we knew uh, very, very, you know, early on that there was going to be a resolution. The only thing that that changed over the last week was, you know, they had to go ahead and and look at the wording of it and make sure that it, you know, it wasn't too inflammatory or this that or that. They had to be political, and, and I understand they're political, you know, representatives. They have to toe that line. But the, the information that was being leaked to the media, and it was being leaked most likely from the Orange County trial lawyers, who are the only group that's in support of this judge. And I wonder why. No right? kidding. Yeah, trial, no kidding. <laughs> trial lawyers, if there's any group that's going to benefit from this sentence, it's going to be trial lawyers. You know, they're, they're going to be able to refer to this sentence for leniency on, on their future clients. They're going to be able to possibly appeal this for their clients that were sentenced under the same mandatory uh, uh, sentence that uh, Nieto uh, Rahano should have had. So I believe it was leaked by them saying that the you know the supervisors are waffling and they're going to pull back their support. That's never been the case. If you read the words from uh, Chairman uh, Supervisor Spitzer and Vice Chair uh, Lisa Bartlett and Sean Nelson and read how angry they are as as, as humans as as parents as. Orange County residents are what this judge did. It's no wonder that today they voted, and it wasn't just a vote uh, to resolve that he should step down. It was a no-confidence vote. Right. And I think that is, that's a strong statement. Judge Kelly, not only do we want you to step down, but we simply have no confidence in you anymore to serve the best interests of the people of Orange County
1: so what is the best way for our listeners to get involved and participate and contribute to what you're doing
2: honestly and and i i hate to be one of those guys i I, you know when i started this out i I didn't want to be this guy but i found out very quickly i have to be this guy and it's money it's 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 donating to this cause it's going to be in a very expensive process just to recall him we're estimating anywhere between on a conservative side a dollar seventy-five, up to five dollars per signature, to get these hundred and fifty thousand signatures we're sure. going to need.
0: Listen, and, I, and, I worked. I worked on Capitol Hill for the Senate for many years, uh, years ago, and nothing relative to the political process is cheap. And good or bad, that's just the way it is. So I'm assuming you have a website or 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 some some organized method by which to donate.
2: We do. It's uh, recalljudgemarkkelly.com, and, and for for simple purposes, it's also removejudgekelly.com. Either one works; they all go to the same place, and from there you can uh, sign up in support of what we're doing. But more importantly, donate. You can like us on Facebook, and also on that same page, there's a couple things that I want to point out. As of right now, um, you can find the Judge Kelly sentencing analysis, and I urge every one of your listeners. To read the analysis, this is where Judge Kelly explains his thought process to why he unlawfully reduced this this predator, this this rape, child rapist sentence to just ten years. And in it is where he talks about how that he's taken into consideration the fact that the rapist didn't ejaculate. Ugh. Like that's cause for leniency.
0: Goddamn. Listen.
2: Exactly,
1: <laughs> it's almost like something happening out of the onion. Like you, that's what you like think. Like it you can't know, be real. You know,
2: right? That was my thought. And I, and I got to tell you, you know, for me, for me, I'm having waves of of deja vu. And you guys, I, as as Orange County residents, probably the same. Anybody with a you know a, a longish memory remembers the situation of Judge Klein. You know, there was a judge that that was going easy on on sexual assault cases in his courtroom. They tried to recall him. Unfortunately, it wasn't very successful, but he ended up not being elected. Subsequent to all that, they found child porn on his own personal computer. Right. You know, so I'm not saying that that's the same situation we have here, but I'm saying we can't allow those types of situations. And we can't allow the leniency of judges on these types of cases well listen, you know, if, if you we're wanna, gonna if we're gonna so protect
0: I, if we're gonna protect anybody in our society it needs to be the most powerless the the people who absolutely. need to be protected the most are children and then children absolutely. that need to be protected the most are three-year-old children and to let absolutely a maniac like this off when he might be out at a grocery store near you in less than 10 years that's unacceptable and I would admonish everybody to to go visit recalljudgekelly.com Go like the Facebook page. If you have a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, or if you're you know daddy warbucks and you've got more than that, donate to this very important cause. Listen yes, uh,
2: recall judgemarkelly.com.
0: Oh judge Mark Kelly. Recall judge Mark yeah. Kelly.com. Listen, Brian, I really appreciate your time and you explaining the process to us. I, I really you know, I'm, I'm, if there's anything that we can do further, you know, we're local. I would, I would absolutely love to, to give my, my time and treasure, whatever we can do to help out. I'm, I'm on board. So
2: we appreciate it. There's one last thing I'd like to close with and that's this Um, you're going to see in some of the media, because it's interesting to see how the media has slanted this story one direction or the other. And there's a certain group of them that feels that because the victim's family requested leniency and that you know judge kelly simply listened to the victim's family there's a couple things to point out first off the, the victim's family didn't request leniency okay leniency would have been saying hey it's 25 years to life maybe 15 to 20 can you do that no what they requested was that he be released yeah. released and given probation okay that's not leniency that's extreme that's as extreme as, as extreme to the families and say, you know, he should have, he should be dismembered and be, you know, you know, some sort of horrible tragic end. No, well, that's not how we deal with in, you know, in our court system. We don't deal, we deal with extremes. However, the judge listened to them and in, in, in saying, you know, on the extreme, let's go ahead and release them. You know, that's he, he even says that he listened to that and took that into consideration. The other thing is, is that the victim's family is also the rapist family. Right. You guys hit the nail on the head. And when you're in a situation like this, OK, where this man could possibly be out in eight years, that little girl's only going to be 12 years old. He's only going to be 28 years old. Where do we think he's going to go?
0: Right. Yeah, it's. He's
2: probably going to go home.
0: It's disgusting. It, I mean, it is.
2: Everything is. And somebody has to speak up for the fam, for, for not the family, but for the victim. And we have. A, a, the, watch our Facebook, watch our, our, uh, our webpage, because there is a young woman who has bravely stepped forward. She's uh, 38 years old, I believe. And she has, you know, been very open with us. She was three years old when she was uh, brutalized and raped by a member of her household. And, you know, one of the things that Judge Kelly says is that um, she looked happy and healthy, and there's no reason to think that she's not going to grow up to lead a perfectly normal life. Well, this woman has stepped up to be the voice of that victim, since we've not been able to hear from the victim, and said, look, the same thing happened to me. I was not happy and healthy, despite of what you may think. And I did not grow up to lead a perfectly normal life.
0: Yeah, of course not. I mean, this is... um... Brittany is in graduate school for psychology, and there are profound psychological ramifications of a, of a brutal being brutalized like this. And I, I, I maybe not. I mean, I don't know, but I would say even more by someone who's supposed to be a trusted, loving member of your own family. Indeed. So, listen, like I said, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to keep following this. We're going to keep talking about this. And uh, if there's anything that you you need from us, you know, relative to the megaphone that I happen to have, uh, let us know.
2: Will do. Thank you. Just keep the story alive. Keep reminding people to donate. That would be fantastic.
0: Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Brian.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Also, as a matter of follow-up, Dr. Oz, a couple episodes ago, we talked about Dr. Oz and There are ten physicians, ten doctors across the country who have written to Columbia University to try to have Dr. Oz removed from his position of authority on the faculty of such a prestigious university because of his whack job, pseudoscience, bullshit beliefs. Well, the university responded that they were not going to do that. And just yesterday, on Dr. Oz's show... He replied by saying this. "Now This
2: month we celebrate my 1000th show. Now I know I've irritated some potential allies in our quest to make America healthy. No matter our disagreements, freedom of speech is the most fundamental right we have as Americans. And these 10 doctors are trying to silence that right. So I vow to you right here, right now, we will not be silenced. We will not give in.
1: No one is trying to silence you. They are trying to remove you from your position of authority at Columbia University. You can say whatever you want. No one is saying we need to put a duct tape over his face and get him to stop. That's right. You can keep saying... Although that
0: might be a good start.
1: Yeah, you can keep saying whatever you want to say. I just don't understand why it always goes there. Like you're being criticized for what you're saying and then everyone's like, I have the freedom of speech. Yeah, we know.
0: Yeah, well, l- let me l- let me do this. Let me say this. That I also, Brittany Page, I also have the freedom of speech.
1: Uh-oh. Here we go.
0: And I just would like to, to tell Dr. Oz.
1: <laughs> you would just like to. Here we go.
0: Well, listen, he can't silence my freedom of speech when I tell him that he's a fucking whack job. Here are the three things I want you to remember from today's show. First off, try Reiki. This alternative medicine treatment can manipulate your energy and cure what ails you. This alternative medicine can manipulate your energy and cure what ails you. Although there is zero scientific empirical data to support this claim at all, I'm going to sit here on TV as a medical doctor who has taken an oath to do no harm and I'm going to preach this whack job bullshit to the millions of, of, of housewives that watch my show. It's irresponsible. So I am exercising my free speech to tell him just how irresponsible he's being. And also, I don't like this new thing. It's like when 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 they tried to pass a the the religious freedom restoration act. And, and people say, hey, you can't discriminate against people because they were born gay. You just can't do that. And then all the Christians whine and complain that you're taking away my right of my freedom of religion and my, my right to. No, no one's doing that. All we're saying is to live in a civil society. And I'm not going to go off on a tangent about the, 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 the RIFRA, but don't. You're changing the argument. And don't do that.
1: Right. And I think whenever someone does that, they just show that they can't provide anything to the actual argument. So instead of Dr. Oz talking about Reiki, right? Is that what it's called? Reiki.
0: Whatever. Roku. No, wait, that's a TV thing.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) And talking about how, you know, maybe he shouldn't be telling people to try it or whatever, or just saying, yeah, I I said that, but maybe I should have talked about how there's, it, it doesn't, it's. It hasn't been shown to do anything.
0: Right. There's zero data supporting the efficacy of Reiki. Zero. None. Not one study. Not one scientific study. No peer-reviewed research. None. I mean, James Randi has debunked it a million times. The the waving of their hands over someone's body, and it's supposed to heal them. Realign their chakras or whatever. Re- Adjust your energy levels. What what the fuck does that even mean?
1: So that's what I mean is it's just rather than taking the argument at face value and addressing the issues that these doctors have raised, that's right. he's going to, well, I have the freedom of speech. He
0: doesn't address the concerns. He just says,
1: quit telling me I can't talk. Right. Well, and that's you, not what they're doing. Right. Well, your colleagues are simply asking a question of, well, what are you doing here? I mean, you're a doctor and you are telling people how to get healthy, but you're giving them tools that aren't you know effective
0: right they're i wouldn't even say they're placebic they're, they're just they're whack they're oh, they're I'm, I'm
1: sure they're probably have some placebo effect <sighs> i mean we've we watched the show where the person was waving the hands over and the audience member was like oh i can feel it's warm and it feels good well, i and... couldn't
0: tell whether she was saying that and we, we shouldn't be talking about it without playing clips but the woman she did agree but i don't know if it's because she feels bad that she's on tv and doesn't want to make her hero dr oz look like an asshole or if it's really she felt warm Mm -hmm. anyway he's just he's a fucking embarrassment oh perfect segue look speaking of embarrassing ben affleck another piece of follow-up look at this jesus going through the list here taking us forever to get to the actual meat of the episode ben affleck Who's, who just found out via um, a PBS television program program, Brittany program right. called "Finding Your Roots," he found out that he is a descendant of slave owners, or at least one slave owner, and he tried to have these facts covered up. Well, he has now come out and apologized for having done so, and his reasoning is just that he was embarrassed.
1: Right. Ben Affleck says, I didn't want any television show about my family to include a guy who owned slaves. I was embarrassed. The very thought left a bad taste in my mouth. So Ben Affleck says, Skip, who is the... Um, host of the show.
0: Yeah, Henry Gates. He's a Harvard professor.
1: Skip decided what went into the show. I lobbied him in the same way that I lobby directors about what takes of mine I think they should use. This is a collaborative, creative process. Skip agreed with me on the slave owner, but made other choices I disagreed with. In the end, it's his show, and I knew that going in. I'm proud to be his friend and have participated. It's important to remember that this isn't a news program. Finding Your Roots is a show where you voluntarily provide a great deal of information about your family making you quite vulnerable the assumption is that they will never be dishonest but they will respect your willingness to participate and not look to include things that would embarrass your family i regret my initial thoughts that the issue of slavery not be included in this story we deserve neither credit nor blame for our ancestors and the degree of interest in this story suggests that we are as a nation still grappling with the legacy of With the terrible legacy of slavery. It is an examination well worth continuing. I am glad that my story, however, indirectly will contribute to that discussion. While I don't like that the guy is an ancestor, I am happy that aspect of our country's history is being talked about.
0: It's always interesting how, after someone has has been embarrassed and they have time to craft a statement, the statement is always so eloquent and so well thought out and well written. When he was writing emails feverishly trying to get the program to not include the details of his, his slave-owning ancestry, um, not so eloquent. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a fan of Ben Affleck, but uh, interesting nonetheless. And, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe it will just foster a conversation relative to the evils of slavery and the fact that we do have it in our past as a nation— and it is something that needs to be continually addressed and never forgotten, just out of uh, caution. as a cautionary tale, you know? Dollimocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. ha! <laughs> every day, every single episode that passes, Brittany Page, we get closer to the election in 2016. And every day a little bit of news comes out that leads us to laugh and make fun of the candidates because they, they're they also, just like a Ben Affleck character, they're not thinking very clearly about their actions. Rand Paul this week, did he post it to his website or post it to Twitter? Twitter. He Well, tell him what he did.
1: He posted a tweet that says, do you know of at Hillary Clinton accepting money from foreign countries? Report it now and you can go to his website and you will find a form where you can, quote, report now. If you know anything about Clinton's foreign cash, the form requires you to provide your first name, last name, zip code, email address, and then finally the additional information. Paul has made Hillary Clinton's credibility a central theme in his attacks in recent weeks.
0: It just how desperate is Rand Paul that he has to appeal to Twitter to try to get dirt on Hillary Clinton? There are people who whose sole jobs within the political spectrum and the scope of things that they are, you know, assassination artists. They they dig up dirt on candidates. It's called opposition research. They do this. So why does he need to go to Twitter? Is it because he's cheap and he doesn't want to spend the money to do the opposition research? Also, Hillary Clinton has been on the political stage, national political stage, for many, many years. Her husband, Bill Clinton, was the youngest governor of the state of Arkansas. They've been around for a long time, since their 30s, early 30s. I think he was 32 when he was elected governor of Arkansas. So we've had a lot of time to get to know the Clintons and find out all the dirt. So he's gonna have to work a little harder than Twitter if he's gonna get there. Hillary Clinton is also on the stump and she had this to say about her fellow candidates within the GOP. I guess they're not fellow GOP members <laughs> but they are fellow candidates. ...into the political season and therefore we will be subjected to all kinds of distraction
1: and attacks uh, and uh, I'm ready for that. I know that that comes, unfortunately, with the territory. It is, um, I think, worth noting that uh, the Republicans seem to be uh, talking only about me. I don't know what they'd talk about if I weren't in the race, uh, but I am in the race, and uh, hopefully we'll get onto the issues. And I
0: look so surprising. It's so stupid. W- what does she mean? They're only talking about me. In a presidential campaign, candidates talk about other candidates to try to juxtapose themselves from the aforementioned candidate. So, of course, they're going to be talking about you, Hillary Clinton. You're the only Democratic candidate in the race right now. The only one. So you're the only target in the race right now. Otherwise, they have to just turn on each other and cannibalize the party, and that's not healthy.
1: She was actually also in the news this week because, according to a New York Times report, she called for toppling of the wealthiest 1%.
0: Isn't she a member of the 1%?
1: I believe so. Ugh. Clinton reportedly made the comments in a meeting with economists earlier this year when she was shown a graph that, quote, "...charted how real wages, adjusted for inflation, had increased exponentially for the wealthiest Americans, making the bar so steep it hardly fit on the chart." Clinton pointed at the top category and said the economy required a toppling of the wealthiest 1%, according to several people, and according to this Times article.
0: I wish they had gone into detail or at least talked to her about exactly what it means to topple the 1%. I think that is problematic language. Listen, I think the the divide between the wealthiest Americans and regular people is something to have a conversation about. But to to proclaim that you want to topple the top 1%, I think is it's language that divides. It's not problem-solving language. Not at all. Also, and we'll move on, Mark Rubio from Florida, he was recently questioned, well, all the candidates have been questioned about gay marriage and whether they would attend a ceremony, but his answer stood apart from the rest.
1: Right. Marco Rubio says that he does not believe same-sex marriage is a constitutional right. He said instead that the issue should be decided at the state level, although he did concede that, quote, sexual preference is something that people are born with.
0: Which is, listen, um, there's a lot to be angry with and there's a lot to disagree with in that statement. Uh, The fact that it's not a constitutional right, I think, is debatable. But if it's not a constitutional right for gays then it is also not a constitutional right for straights.
1: That's what I don't understand because he continued, quote, it's not that I'm against gay marriage. I believe the definition of the institution of marriage should be between one man and one woman. States have always regulated marriage, and if a state wants to have a different definition, you should petition the state legislature and have a political debate. I don't think courts should be making that decision. And it's just strange because he doesn't believe that it's a choice Right. So, so what makes them inherently different and not allowed to be included in the definition?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think that he's probably really trying to hedge his bets. But I'll say this. Listen, if there's anything positive to be taken away from what he said, it's that this early on in the political process, this early on in his run for president, he is conceding that he believes it is innate, that you are born gay. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for a conservative Republican candidate to say. Right. Now, we'll see how his views develop or evolve over the course of the next several months.
1: You mean if he's forced to recant?
0: Yeah, I don't know that he will. I think he's caught now. He said it. Right. But it is, it's something to watch. You know, I i don't know. I'm not going to make any, uh, any prognostications on the matter, but uh, we will definitely be following it and be... Holding his feet to the fire relative to playing lots of clips of him stepping on his dick about it.
1: Well, we know Ted Cruz for sure doesn't feel this way. Yeah, right. I'm not sure about Rand Paul.
0: No, he... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that he's ever been asked that question. Mm-hmm. I really hope that this, this cycle, these questions get asked directly yes, to the candidates. Right. Do you believe
1: mm-hmm.
0: that if someone is gay, they were born gay? It's important. Yeah, very, very important. So loyal listener... And Patreon patron, Burt Reynolds.
1: And sticker receiver.
0: And sticker recipient, Burt Reynolds.
1: I guess you said it better.
0: (laughs) He he sent us a link that was, I found it very fascinating. It's a Gallup poll that had some very interesting findings uh, that the USA is the most trusted country. And the, the poll was conducted of other people outside of the United States. That the United States was the most trusted and Russia was, if not the least trusted, they were way down the list.
1: This article is based on the findings from Gallup's first ever report, rating world leaders what people worldwide think of the US, China, Russia, the EU and Germany on the status of how the world rates the leadership of five of the world's major powers. Russia in 2014 earned the lowest approval ratings globally for the eighth consecutive year and posted the highest disapproval ratings it has received to date. US, wow. U.S. leadership received the highest approval rating in the world, with the median 45% approval topping ratings of the leadership of the EU, Germany, Russia, and China, as it has most years since 2009.
0: I don't know why that surprises me so much, but it definitely does. That we are ahead of even the EU. I mean, of course, ahead of China and ahead of Russia, I don't think it's <laughs> some bold accomplishment. But it is definitely saying something when we're ahead of the EU. I mean, especially in 2014, when we have had to deal with, in recent years, deal with ISIL, to deal with uh, Bashar al-Assad in, in Syria, the toppling of of Gaddafi in Libya I mean these things are all of of relative recent time and we're still getting that kind of a uh, of a rating so it's it's good it's interesting
1: yeah and for the past 6 years the US has typically received the highest approval ratings and Russia the lowest and it's interesting to see the highest disapproval of Russia's leadership, which countries gave the highest disapproval.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: the highest, starting at the highest, Norway, Netherlands, Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, Ukraine, Belgium, Italy, Canada. Mm. So those are the countries that have the highest disapproval of Russia's leadership. Yeah. And then the countries that have the highest disapproval for the U.S. leadership.
0: Um, go ahead. I'm not going to I'm not going to guess.
1: Russia, <laughs> Palestinian territories. All right.
0: that I was going to say in Arab and largely Muslim countries that they're probably going to be haters.
1: Belarus, Lebanon, Pakistan, Iran, Egypt, Austria, Slovenia.
0: Um, I, that, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, a, a couple of those do. But yeah, j- interesting. Listen, um, thank you, Bert, for sending that in to us. That is, uh, that's the kind of stuff we like. If you have something you'd like to send in, um, you can do it via the email address, it at com, Or, of course, you can leave a voicemail at 657-464-7609. Good news, everybody. Good news. There is a new rock-solid argument against gay marriage. You want to hear what it is, Brittany Page? I do. It'll cause more abortions. Yeah, it will. Yeah, that's, that's the argument that's being uh, put forth right now.
1: Okay, so if you're wondering what the hell Jesse's talking about... <laughs> um, Please
0: do explain.
1: As the Supreme Court prepares to take up same-sex marriage next week, conservative scholars have produced a last-ditch argument to keep the scourge of homosexual unions from spreading across the land.
0: Scourge. It's a scourge, Brittany Page.
1: And their last-ditch argument is gay marriage kills. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying that legalizing same-sex they are so
0: goddamn dumb. It is entertaining for me. It brings me great joy and edification to hear these assholes and what they have to say about it. They're... I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Go ahead.
1: They're saying that legalizing same-sex marriage will cause 900,000 abortions. It's very
0: Al- specific. Almost a million abortions because the gays want to get married
1: this is kind of the logic surrounding this are you ready
0: yeah gays want to get married they want to be treated like everyone else because they are like everyone else and it's going to cause everyone to rush out and want to kill their unborn babies okay that's that's rational
1: this is the logic (laughs) legalizing same-sex marriage devalues marriage and causes fewer heterosexual couples to marry which leads to a larger number of unmarried women who have abortions at higher rates than married women. As a result, nearly 900,000 more children of the next generation would be aborted as a result of their mothers never marrying. This is equal to the entire population of the cities of Sacramento and Atlanta combined. Okay, so this person that is kind of delivering this argument, his name is Gene Sheer. OK OK? And he says, quote, "It is still too new to do a rigorous causational analysis using statistical methods." <laughs> Please just stop there, guy.: No
0: kidding. You're way out of your fucking depth.: Just guy. stop
1: what you're doing. <laughs> Please.:
0: I guess, asshole of the day, Gene shear, everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, good news. more good news for everybody. A new study finds again. That the mumps, measles, and rubella vaccine doesn't lead to autism, even amongst those who are prone or more at risk to autism.
1: Right. A quote on this study from Dr. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center and pediatrician in the Division of Infectious Diseases at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, (laughs) says... (laughs) That's a long sentence. Says, this study has been long awaited in the autism community. A retrospective look at families where the older sibling has autism spectrum disorder and the parent either does or does not vaccinate the younger child. The benefit of this study is that the second child is at higher risk for autism, which makes it a more powerful study. So in this study that was just published in the Journal of American Medical Association, they found that the likelihood of developing autism was actually lower for those at-risk children If they received the vaccine, though that finding was not statistically significant and no one would suggest that the vaccination reduces autism risk. What vaccination reduces is disease, the kind that can kill children and the kind that is even more likely to cause serious complications in children with neurological conditions. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to providing further evidence of vaccine safety, specifically MMR, this study dispels another myth, namely that there's a subset of children who are somehow genetically or biologically predisposed to have an adverse reaction to MMR. This is very useful because it provides parents with a more reassurance about vaccinating children with neurodevelopmental issues, children who are particularly vulnerable to many vaccine-preventable diseases and their siblings." All of the children in this study had older siblings and the 2% who had an older sibling with autism were considered at higher risk for developing the disability since autism has a strong genetic component.
0: So they did their due diligence. I mean, even when they say that they found some kind of a link to children benefiting from from the or less chance of developing autism after they received the the vaccine, they still leave the caveat in there that it wasn't statistically significant, so don't take that as evidence. They're really showing the entire picture where when you talk to uh, a Jenny McCarthy or you ask Christine Cavalieri, you know, oh, well, you know, why don't you believe in these types of studies?
1: I've read too many books.
0: That's what they say. It's... It doesn't make any sense that, that, that the, the, the anti-vaxxer crowd still clings to this logic that they, they've done so much research in the matter when the true research that's being done is by this group, is by these types of real scientists with real data analyzing real statistical analysis. It's Unbelievable.
1: So they say the choice not to vaccinate the younger child didn't decrease the risk of autism. It only increased the risk of contracting measles, mumps, or rubella.
0: Of course. Because if you don't get vaccinated for a terrible disease that kills millions of people in years past, you're at risk of getting that terrible disease and dying. Ugh. Well, anyway, so...
1: I just want to make yeah, one yeah, note please. here. They said, uh, unfortunately, precious resources were invested in proving what we already knew, that MMR vaccine is safe and doesn't trigger autism because of the sham and fraud promulgated by Wakefield. We must now focus those resources on legitimate scientific hypotheses about autism. That wasn't said by an author of the study, but just another doctor. Yeah. So that was their perspective.
0: Well, and the Wakefield is, of course, that, th- that British doctor who fabricated evidence And lied and was shown to be a fucking fraud relative to he's the one that got this entire thing started, that there was rock solid evidence that the mumps, measles and rubella vaccine led to was causal. Of of autism.
1: Right. And I don't think it's necessarily a waste of resources like this person is saying because this study, you know, with 95,000 people, by the way, I don't know if we said no, that.
0: We didn't. I was getting ready to talk um, about it. Almost 100,000 people in this study. That's huge.
1: Right. When the Wakefield study had like 12 kids or something. Yeah, in 12 it. or
0: 16. So
1: this is a study that really puts things in perspective. And I don't think it's a waste because what if this study you know wakes some people up and they think wow that's a lot of people and wow i think this is meaningful
0: well i hope people in california who are going to disneyland are paying attention because the rampant spread of a a a previously eradicated disease is no no little issue it's a big deal and it puts all of the most vulnerable among us at risk children All right, well, with that good news, we're going to leave you. Listen, we appreciate you listening, taking time out of your busy weeks to to join us and help us move the conversation forward. If you do have something to add, don't hesitate to call. Don't hesitate to put this phone number that I'm getting ready to say into your smartphone, into your your database of numbers that you call regularly. Put us on speed dial, 657-464-7609. Send us a voice memo from that same fo- uh, smartphone, if you would, and email it to it at If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week, on the website dollamore.com, we have an Amazon search bar. By using that search bar, a little bit of the money you were going to spend anyway is allocated to the show. We get a little bit of a, a, a piece of the action, a little commission. You don't get charged anymore. And if, and if you're going to spend your money anyway at Amazon.com, why not help your favorite show filled with news
1: news,
0: and ridiculous comments? Until next time, everybody. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse dollamore and this has been I Doubt It. And you think I'm reasonable? <laughs>